This week, Amazon.com got into the TV production racket, releasing 14 new pilots, eight comedies, and six children's shows they've produced themselves, inviting the public to vote on which four should be developed further. Netflix has had big success with House of Cards and is sure to do so again when the new episodes of Arrested Development are released later this month. These are interesting times for television, itself an archaic-sounding Cold War-era word to my ears. But its juxtaposition of the Greek tele, meaning far, and Latin visio, meaning sight, makes as much sense or more now than it might have when it was coined. I listened to the Slate Culture Gabfest podcast yesterday as the panelists debated the merits of the new Amazon shows and also discussed the ongoing ratings war in the morning show slots, primarily between NBC and ABC. The point was made that television remains a business, and ratings mean eyeballs delivered to the advertisers that fund your programming. This model was in place when radio was king, delivering ears, of course, and carried over to the new medium as it became a national phenomenon in the late 1940s. So it's something to see these Internet companies come in and further usurp the power of the broadcast networks, They've been taking hits year after year since cable came along in the 70s, when they were at their peak, carving up the pie night after night in a three-way split, astonishing to us now, with independent stations or PBS affiliates scrambling for the remaining crumbs. Not to get too old-timer about it, but it's worth noting how often today is referred to as a golden age of television, thanks largely to the cable-produced shows of the past decade, The Sopranos, The Wire, Deadwood, Breaking Bad, Mad Men, Louie, shows that could not have existed on the big three networks in the past. Reality shows are still popular, to my chagrin, being cheap to produce, but at least have not met the end of the traditional narrative form, as mentioned earlier. And yet, looking at the reality shows that are popular this year, I heard a faint bell ringing in my memory. Duck Dynasty, Preacher's Daughters, Gold Rush Alaska, Ice Road Truckers, Deadliest Catch, Here Comes Honey Boo Boo. These all come from a decidedly rural sensibility. And the bell I heard was reminding me. We've been here before. CBS presents this program in color. It was a big deal in the mid-60s when TV went from black and white to color. It must have been great for the makers of color TVs at the very least. But the 60s went from black and white to color in other ways. In 1960, I count 22 westerns on the schedule, divided among the big three networks. That doesn't include small-town shows like The Andy Griffith Show, The Real McCoys, or Lassie. In 1970, there were three westerns. But the rural and small-town tastes were being met with Mayberry, RFD, the Beverly Hillbillies, Green Acres, Hee Haw, 
and one might assume the variety shows featuring Jim Neighbors, Glenn Campbell, and Johnny Cash. In 1972, though, the lineup consisted of two westerns, the long-running Bonanza and Gunsmoke, and the Waltons. That was it. What happened? Over a period of three years or so, beginning in 1969, the networks instigated what's known now as the Rural Purge. Shows come and go, of course. Most are cancelled as their ratings slip. And the absolute glut of TV westerns we saw in 1960 had to be more than the market could bear. Doctor shows, cop shows, lawyer shows, they all get their turn, and usually in cycles. Because if ABC has a hit with Bewitched, NBC will counter with I Dream of Genie. But the rural purge is a rare instance of ratings not mattering. The networks had research that suggested the rural shows were very popular indeed, but with the wrong demographics. They skewed older and non-urban. Advertisers wanted the viewers with the spending power and figured this meant younger, more citified eyeballs. Not only the rural-themed shows were axed, shows appealing to the older folks were also cancelled. Make Room for Granddaddy, The Lawrence Welk Show, The Andy Williams Show, Wild Kingdom. Green Acres actor Pat Buttram called it the year CBS cancelled everything with a tree, including Lassie. But some of these shows did have an afterlife. Syndication proved to be lucrative for Lawrence Welk, Hee Haw, Wild Kingdom, and Lassie. A different golden age of television was about to begin, featuring M.A.S.H. and the Norman Lear sitcoms, all in the family, the Jeffersons, Maud, Good Times, Phyllis, Sanford and Son. There were also the Mary Tyler Moore Show, Rhoda, Lou Grant, the Bob Newhart Show. Every one of these had an urban setting, except for M.A.S.H., but its depiction of the Korean War was essentially a thinly veiled reference to the current war in Vietnam. Contrast that with the Andy Griffith spin-off Gomer Pyle, USMC, which lasted five seasons at the height of the war, was set on a marine base, and never mentioned Vietnam once. Interesting, too, is seeing reruns of the Andy Griffith show, set in small-town Mayberry, North Carolina, and not seeing one black person. Ever. In rural North Carolina. I don't see it as racism so much as a weird kind of wish-fulfillment, presenting to its audience a kinder, gentler, small-town fantasy world than could have existed. Oh, wait, that is racism. But the same was true of suburban-themed shows like Leave it to Beaver, My Three Sons, Ozzy and Harriet, The Dick Van Dyke Show. Okay, you could argue there weren't so many African-Americans in the suburbs at that time, but the urban shows... Where are the black people on that girl? Or on Lost in Space? It really makes you appreciate what it meant to put Lieutenant Uhura on the bridge on Star Trek. So the rural purge could be seen as a step to make television more relevant, to more accurately reflect its society, to speak a little more honestly to the issues of the day. But in the late 60s and early 70s, that had to feel like a real slap in the face to the people who did enjoy that programming. You're no longer important to us, they were told. We've gotten what we can from you, and now we're moving on. If you've ever been dumped, you know what those words feel like. No wonder they ended up voting for Reagan in 1980. 
if CBS hadn't canceled Green Acres. Nah, Carter still would have lost. But here we are again in a vastly changed TV universe. The big three are now just three among many. Our rural and small-town friends can find something to satisfy as easily as those of us in the cities, young or old. It's easy to wax nostalgic for the good old days, but the ongoing presentation of choice might trump all the other golden ages. And there's always the choice to turn the thing off. You look pale. Acres, Beverly Hillbillies, and Hooterville Junction will no longer be so damn relevant, and women will not care if Dick finally got down with Jane on search for tomorrow, because black people will be in the street looking for a brighter day. The revolution will not be televised. Pretty Much, Episode 16, The Rural Purge, written and read by Scott Clarkson, music by Gil Scott Heron and Garner Firebird. <laughs>